to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. It's a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, so again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Uh, we just, as part of our ESP week, we've um, had a number of shows about ESP, and I just thought we'd talk about some of the Star Trek episodes that lend themselves to ESP or mind manipulation sort of things. And there's a lot of Star Trek that does, but we just thought we'd focus on the first two pilots. Uh, we'll go with the first one, The Cage, and talk about that a little bit. And just uh, so their power of ESP seems to be that they can one uh, read people's minds, so they uh, they they have dialogue with the captain and with the other folks uh, humans, where they just communicate with thoughts instead of actually speaking, uh, and, and that's one piece of this episode. And then another piece is that they can create illusions that seem completely real but aren't um in wandavision we we were talking about how she can create things that truly are real she truly changes uh, the makeup of something so that uh if if there's a table that she's created that table really exists in this particular episode they are saying that uh they create a table and the table feels like it exists from everything you do whether you set something on it it would in your mind stay there but in reality you set a cup on that table it's fallen to the floor and broken into pieces but you can't see that you uh, you're the, the reality they're making for you is that that cup is still there i guess is 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 the way you'd look at it um it, 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 do you guys have thoughts on Am I am I kind of basically right in the way I'm thinking of of how the reality yeah. of this situation, Bob? Because I'm think I'm thinking of and I'm hoping I'm not mixing uh, the original pilot with the two pieces that they cut up later. But there's a scene where Spock and Number One are blasting the hillside. Yes, they're just blasting tar out of it with their laser cannon or phaser cannon and. They never cut through it. Later, when they lift the illusion, they realize they actually had long since cut through yeah it's so blown the whole top up. on par there yeah and so and so theoretically within the first few seconds they probably blew the whole top off and they were just shooting their laser was just shooting off now into just space it was you know not hitting anything because it's like if you aim a, at a target and you hit the target and blow out a hole in that section of the target well you keep shooting you're just going through that same hole um and that's essentially what they were doing. Uh, Matt, is is that how you understood this episode to work? I'm sure you've seen that episode at some time or another. Yeah, I actually went back. I, I did rewatch that one yesterday. Oh, because uh, wow. uh, I, I it had been a long time since I'd seen that that version of it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I've seen the as a kid, I'd seen the, the menagerie versions, right? You know, multiple times. 
course that's the that was the commonly broadcast yes one uh so it's been a while well, since they changed the that. ending somewhat to make it work with the what they wanted it to do yes um so yeah that's that was my understanding of it one thing that jumped out at me this time um uh, when they first when the the additional women when number one and the the yeomen show up with their phasers um I, I feel like they were waving those things around and like trying them out. And at some point somebody would have just blown somebody else away. Like one of those people should be dead yes. <laughs> when they, when the, when the illusion was revealed later, not only should there have been a hole in the glass, but uh, you know, number one should have melted or something. <laughs> I didn't see them actually point it at each other though. I think what you're saying would be if it if if it was really there happening, should... you get someone that would turn their phaser on and like turn it at their face or something and be like, "What is going on? This thing's not working!" And they blow their head off. And and uh, uh, yeah, well, that's that's bad. I mean, they 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 should they should know better than to do that because you know they're military or whatever. But yeah, right. uh, pointing it directly at their face, but just kind of the way they were holding, it, it's like at some point, yeah, when it's not working, they're just kind of waving them and clicking them. <laughs> Right. That room should have been half destroyed, <laughs> at the very <laughs> least. If they didn't, if they didn't accidentally kill somebody, the room should have been pretty yeah. destroyed. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely things that you go that are problematic with the way they're presenting it, because uh, and so you're agreeing that that basically my interpretation is correct. That oh, yeah. they're still yeah. damaging things; they just can't see it. So yeah, essentially how powerful are these aliens and how would this work? I mean, for instance, if you had someone take a phaser on the bridge and they blow a hole in the top of the bridge and everybody gets sucked down to space, it's on the bridge and the aliens don't want that to be what's seen on the bridge or whatever. Do they make it where it's an illusion for everybody else on the ship that comes up to the bridge that, that these people are still there and they're working their, their consoles and everything or do they at that point not care and just let the the the, the enterprise drift down into the atmosphere and, and burn up i, I don't know I think it, they'd have to make the illusion that they don't do it like the illusion that the phases are on fire whatever if they drop them right they'd have to somehow make them press the wrong button by rearranging the way the panel looks or True, they do say that they can press the wrong buttons and things so if someone was to do that before they pulled the trigger they might make them feel like they're pulling the trigger when in reality they're not. Uh, they're pressing a different button. They're moving their hand a different way and they wouldn't know. So yeah, okay, I get that. So they could, they could do that. So then that would solve Jim's issue if if they were going to do something to hurt each other, like shoot a phaser towards each other, point, point it at somebody by accident. They, The aliens realizing that they're doing that could get them to point it in a different direction and not have it actually hit the person. Because mean, really yeah, I, I've given up on correcting it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, it's fine. Um, well, what's impressive to me is the level of control that they would obviously have to have as far as like being able to do it remotely. And with it, because they're they weren't, I mean, they're you know, they're not even they're not even in the room, and yet they're all of their illusions are maintained at all times, yes. Um, to, to the extent that every every little thing that comes up like you said they would have to they'd have to manipulate every tiny possibility of maintain to maintain that illusion 
Right. Right. Yeah, it's tough to see. I mean, I guess if you think about it, the only people they'd really have to be in their minds all the time and controlling what they're doing and everything are probably, uh, of course, anybody that's on their planet with them, right? So whoever beams down, they have to control them the entire time and, and watch what they're doing. And I'd say the entire bridge crew. But I suppose anyone else on this ship, it doesn't really, they'll just be doing their job like normal and they wouldn't have to monitor that engineer or anybody else. It would just be make sure the bridge crew doesn't do something that's going to uh, mess with their illusions and then uh, make sure the people on the planet don't. So it's not like that many people that they'd have to deal with, probably at most 20 people at any given point in time. Uh, and it sure looks like they have the ability to do that. Um, certainly in the menagerie, it even gives them more power in a way because we see in the menagerie that they were able to control uh, Kirk and, and have a fake person there that wasn't even there the whole time uh, appear. And that was a long way from their planet and everything that they were doing that. And then we see that again, somewhat in uh, uh, Discovery, in that they have a, a character that, that they've, uh, Vina, they have show up on, on dis the Discovery ship with um, Pike. And that is, they do say, she does say it takes them a lot of energy to do that, to put her there. Um, but yeah, it's the same sort of concept. But what a cool, what an interesting mental power to be able to have and how that would just affect everything. The other piece I always wonder about this episode is they really make it seem like they need to have people to give them their, their joy is kind of through living through other people in their lives. But you would think if they looked at just the ships like history banks and data banks, uh, that it would give them enough material that they could create these illusional people that would be living lives and they, they could be entertained by that and not have to have actual people. I, I don't know. But I feel like they, you know, they're, when you're the one creating the illusion it you know you wouldn't get the same experience of if they're actually tapping into emotions that somebody because the emotion that you experience like watching something on tv which would be the equivalent of them creating yeah. that false reality is not the same as the emotion you have living through it right you know i can empathize with a character whose dog dies on tv and and that makes me a little bit sad. But when my actually when my actual dog died, it's heartbreaking. Yes. Um, and so, if somebody that has mental powers is actually you know is you know equivalent of watching it on TV, right? They're experiencing it on one level, but if they're actually feeling it with me, which is what I feel like they were they were trying to do. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's a whole different level of. Okay. Yeah, I can go with that. That makes that makes a good deal of sense to me. So it's like experiencing it. It's kind of like on a video game, a first person shooter, a first person thing you're doing versus third person, and it's just a different feel to it. And and they wouldn't be able to simulate first person without having an actual person that they're living through. Um, I would think a side tangent to this would be that there would be certain people if if you extrapolate this to be kind of like our society 
there's writers that write books and you read their books and go, wow, that was good. I love this writer. I love this book. Well, I would think there'd be people in their society who would create situations and, and essentially be the writers of their uh, modified realities where they could tune into that and go, oh, that's great. But again, that would be more like a television experience and less like a first person one that they can get with Captain Pike being there and they don't know what he's going to do and they can get into his brain and watch the choices he's going to make and all that sort of thing. Bob, what, what are your thoughts on this discussion? I'm kind of with Matt. I think they really need real people. I think they need to feel the real physical emotions versus like watching something that's fake. I don't know. That's just how I see it. Right. They seem to get off on it. And also, I also got the impression they needed workers too. Yeah. I don't know about the worker piece. You felt like that in the episode or in, because I didn't feel like that in this discoveries episode so much but in the original i think they did mention workers needing them in some sort yeah they had it, it seemed like they had um kind of as their mental powers grew their physical capacity they weren't strong enough and they'd for they'd actually as a society forgotten how a lot of the technology actually worked to right. make the you know to make the planet surface more work you know to restore the planet's surface get technology working again to to make the planet livable um so i think they wanted to like try and breed a worker class or something to well i would think the other piece that i would think with is okay we get the fact that they made the planet forbidden and all that stuff and you couldn't go there or whatever but had they not done that and they worked with these people which i think the federation seems like in all the other iterations of it was more likely to do that they could easily work with them and provide them with people that want to be there. Uh, one, people would love to vacation there and just have all these, their fantasies come to life if they'd let them go, right? Two, if that wasn't the case and they didn't want to take those chances with those people, they certainly could find people like the disabled Pike who are like a quadriplegic and can't communicate and things, but would love to be there and have a fake body that they could manipulate around and everything i think a lot of people would that'd be a whole second lease on life to some people that are um just stuck in and we know they can think but we know they can't move and are paralyzed and that sort of thing um bob what are your thoughts on that i mean as you see that in the original series the one where they beam down and then what they think gets created in a factory underneath the ground right remember that right right even if it becomes totally. deadly, it's sort of the same, almost the same idea. It'd be like a kind of like an amusement park. Yeah. And these people get what they need. And and our people we just get enjoyment out of it. We just have to make sure they're letting them go. The trick is they can manipulate their minds so much. We don't know that they're really letting them go or not letting them go. You kind of have to trust them that they're letting people go. But it wouldn't be to their benefit to keep anybody, I wouldn't think. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on that? amusement park thing do you think that we would use it that way or um i don't know, I, I think their uh, their concern was obviously that uh eventually humans would would learn that power and and right they uh clearly uh, wisely the piece, i forgot trust, about it you're right they did say did that. not trust humans to uh have that ability which is probably a smart thing Okay. Well, I think we'll leave it there because Bob needs to go about now. And uh, 
we'll talk about i think we'll talk about the other episode next time because uh we can always chat about that later i kind of want to do them as two separate podcast things anyway so uh this will be our discussion of the cage and uh, next time we'll talk about uh where no man has gone before the second pilot so bob i'll let you head on out and uh thanks for the discussion guys interesting thoughts on this episode such an interesting episode